It's great to have our former pastor, Father Sibley, with us to celebrate. He has a baptism after this Mass. And as we read in the Gospel, we know that we shall not swear by our head, we not make a single hair white or black. His father Sibley could not keep all of his hair while he was here. So I want to do, I do really want to uh, begin on this section of the gospel. Um, I was recently called out by a student for being late to spiritual direction appointment. And I'm late to a lot of things because I'm a millennial. And um, being late, she had said something. Just simply let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. And I didn't receive it immediately well because I thought, well, I was doing a lot of better things. I was spreading myself thin and I frankly had very important things that were right before that and I thought I could wait. But there's something still about the value of trust that we cannot violate. Something about the value of trust that we cannot violate or else everything crumbles. Consider for a moment that almost everything we know and the fact that we interact with reality so fluidly is based off of this idea of trust on every level of our knowledge. Scientifically, we all believe, uh, I think, kind of the, what science teaches the coherency of what science teaches about protons and neutrons and electrons. But maybe none of us have actually been under a microscope and seen one of these protons, neutrons, or electrons. How do we know this? Because of trust in an authority that seems to be trustworthy. Economically, we all interchange these pieces of rectangle papers that we know is going to be redeemable. Yet, at the same time, is there real value in it? I don't know. We trust the government, though, and we trust one another to accept this thing for goods. Trust is the very foundation of the economy. Even the, the building blocks of society, marriage, we might know a person for a year and then after that, make a vow to be with them for the next 50 years, 60 or 70 years. Why? Has it been demonstrated? It hasn't. But only because of trust, we go forth and make that decision and make society work. And with the most important thing, faith. That we trust the witness of Jesus Christ and the witness of those 11 men who died and verified his resurrection through their death, the apostolic witness, how do we believe? Through trust. Someone else's word. And so without trust, we don't have the way in which we interact with reality. We would be um, isolated from all of each other and then left in darkness. And we know this is true because whenever we are betrayed and we are betrayed we are never betrayed by someone that is an enemy we are always betrayed by a friend we know that we feel lost we don't know who they are and we don't know who we are because trust has been broken 
So I'd like to give just three thoughts about the ways that I see, at least from my vantage point, that trust can be broken and how trust can be built so that our yes can mean yes and our no mean no. The first, and I think this is most prevalent, it's a very broad category. We need to be human in a godly manner instead of trying to be God in a human one. So often, we spread ourselves thin or we want to be everything for a loved one or kind of just this Superman that can go out and save the world. But I think most particularly try to be everything for everyone because of two reasons, either a faithlessness that God will provide for them or a faithlessness that this person could ever respond to God's grace. And so out of a faithlessness or out of a narcissism, thinking that we truly can be everything for everyone, we go out and try to be God in a human way and satisfy all of their needs. And it's an endeavor that we know is bound to fail. And when it does fail, trust is broken. But rather, we need to be godly as humans, be human in a godly way. Because we know if we went to Mass, maybe any of these daily Masses this past week, whenever God speaks, being comes out. Whatever he says happens. And so to be able to recognize our creaturely limits, whether that is, I cannot provide for you your identity, only God can do that in a fundamental way. Or, I can't make it to the Super Bowl party tonight. I've got other plans. We need to be able to understand our limits. And if we do not, then we cannot act in a godly way, but we'll try to be God in a human way. The second point, we'll call it word inflation. One of the first things that I learned from Father Sibley when I got here was how to count. And this is how you do it. You go to the back of the room, you quickly count, rounding up, and then you multiply by two. And then you put that as how many people attended the event. That is how to count. I say that in, uh, jestfully, but in reality, I don't think I know how to text anymore. I don't know how to communicate to young people. I wish I could reach them. Because my keyboard doesn't have enough exclamation marks to put after a, hey, how are you doing, to be effective. Everything, if I ask, hey, how are you doing, question mark, like I learned in third grade, then I'm a hateful person. <laughs> I don't know, it's like really hard. But we, like, we kind of enter into this economy now today where our words are like highly inflated and because of that they end up meaning nothing. And so because the effect of that then is, I mean in my own experience one of two things. Either the claim that Jesus Christ died and rose for me, that God shed his own blood, took on my human state, 
either it's relatively meaningless because words are now meaningless because we use them so casually, or go to prayer, receive what God is speaking to me in honesty, that I am a poor sinner and that I am dust, but that I am precious in his eyes, and then go back into reality and it turns out I'm just everyone's best friend and I'm just the greatest ever and I can do nothing wrong, right? Like, we so often get into this economy with words where out of a desire not to hurt anyone's feelings or not to feel like they're the most special best person in the whole wide world, that we say things that don't mean anything anymore. And we enter into the economy of word inflation. We need to be able to be honest and go back to recognizing our limits and let God speak what God can speak and let ourselves speak what we can. And so in this use of our words precisely, we need to face the ugly reality that sometimes we say things to manipulate others for our own emotional needs, either positive or negative. To get back what I want to hear from someone else or to cast blame on someone else for something that I am not willing to own up to. We need to be able to be careful with our words. The third thing, and it's kind of counterintuitive, in order to be a trustworthy person, we need to be a trusting person. And this is very difficult. Jesus is always praising the child for being childlike. But we all know that for a child to be trusting is hardly a virtue. It's just a survival mechanism. It's naivete. They have not yet been hurt, which is why they're able to trust so easy. But to be able to trust after being hurt is where the real courage lies and the real virtue and the reason why we must do it is that if we are to expect the best out of anyone, they must be trusted. doesn't mean that we have to trust everyone. But it does mean that if I decide not to trust someone, I'm also making the decision that I'm not going to maximize their potential, at least in relationship to me. That I am putting a cap on there. And so what that means is that, does it, do I have to trust every stranger? No, because I don't have to expect the best out of every stranger. But it does mean that I do have to trust my spouse, and that I do have to trust the family that is taken, um, that I'm responsible for, if I desire to see the best out of them. And so in conclusion, one of the reasons why this is the most difficult teaching of the three that Jesus gives in this particular segment of his sermon is that trust is a long-haul endeavor. I can decide to not be angry. Maybe the last moment I'm angry for the rest of my life. I can decide to not be lustful. It can be the last time that I fall into a serious sin of lust. But trust is always something that is not just given but received. And so we need to be able to enter into that long hard, honest task of building trust, accepting our limitations, speaking accurately what we mean, and to be able to trust again, so that our yes may mean yes, and our no mean no.